Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So today is May 4th, 2020. Tomorrow's May 5th. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited. So today there's going to be a little bit of a reality dose to everyone. Um, and I know a lot of people that listen to Tori Says um, obviously have been having this in small increments. Uh, there's a lot of people, though, that are falling right into the pocket that they want you to. So I want people to understand, I'm not telling you to stand by and watch, okay? I'm not telling you to trust blindly, but what you are seeing is them agitating you. The common sense man or woman, the one that has the right to bear arms, the one that understands the constitution, the one that doesn't dildo wave, the one that works, the one that pays taxes, they are agitating you. They are doing this on purpose and this delay and this delay. Remember, this is one man, one man. And out of the 10 people in that room with him, maybe two might be leaning with him. So you understand the gravity of the situation that we are in. So again, understand that the demands that you have, oh, we're going to take arms, we're going to calm down. That is exactly what they want. They want a bloodbath. They want to condition you to be angry. This is what they're doing. And you know what sucks? The right just jumps into it too and fuels it without saying, look, this is, this is preposterous. We got to do something. I'm saying we need to do something. How can we help? Why doesn't the right, right? These conservative pundits, you know, lawyers, whatever, right? That are on your TV, on your social media. Why aren't they saying, how can I help president Trump? Cause obviously we need to all pitch in. Instead, they're sitting there inflating the right's talking points, the left's talking points, or subverting the right. So it's really important for people to understand right now, you are under constant attack from both the left and the right. How do you know I'm not attacking you? You don't. You don't. You just have to Use your own common sense. So, uh, you know, I hate calling people out. This is why I don't drop too many names, except, you know, Mark Levin, I don't trust as far as I could throw him. So period, you know, I've said it, you know, because he is, he had blocked me from his page and the fact that he's making money and you're going to say, well, the president retweets it. Yeah. The president also retweeted and told Comey, he's a good guy. Obviously you don't understand how he works. For me, like I've said, the most terrifying thing is to see the president tweet, retweet me. That is like, that's scary. I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's so cool. Totally not cool. Totally, totally not cool. That's something I don't want. But uh, tweeting things uh, that are along the lines of what I tweeted before, I'm like super game, you know? Like I was super excited to see him tweet about, Hey, why don't we open up a cold case about Lori Klesudis with Joe NBC? Cause that's exactly what I said. Hey, FBI want to revive this case. I said that on Friday. I'm like, yay, go. Yes, we should do this. And then we should get on Feinstein next. I mean, it was from the seventies, but you know, cold cases work, especially when there's two murdered and one person is left standing in the room saying, Oh, I don't know what happened. They just all stabbed each other. And I was just watching. I don't know what the story is. I'm just saying it'll be something stupid like that. China, China, China. But anyway, 
Uh, let's move along today. We have a lot to talk about, a lot of reality shattering, but I wanted to start today's show, uh, with, um, some really, uh, you know, really good interview. It wasn't that bad. The president's interview yesterday wasn't that bad. He wasn't, gosh, darn it. That was loud. He wasn't that bad. He was actually pretty on point. Um, and, uh, he was on point, but he was also a little bit discombobulated. That's what I wanted to say. He was on point, but a little bit discombobulated. Only because I believe um, it's down to the environment. Um, I I can't say it again. Uh, questions that were asked were very fruity. Um, they weren't questions that a lot of us have. Um, and it's kind of like the answers that Attorney General Barr gave. Not really on there, but whatever. They were things that we already knew. So it kind of sucked that they do these whitewash things. But anyway, I want to play the first um, five minutes of the second part of this town hall uh, that uh, the president had. And I want you to listen um, to, you know, what he says uh, in, you know, in response to questions about how things are moving along. I mean, he did this interview with, you know, I don't like Brett. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't. He did this interview with Fox, um, this town hall, and it was a really big whitewash. I, I really didn't like it. Um, it was, uh, I, I don't want to play the first 10 minutes of it. I'm uh, going to play a, a certain part of it, but I, I want you to understand that there's, there's, um, there's a reason he did this town hall in regards to talking and the, you know, they wanted to get him on vaccine, for example. And a lot of you are like, Oh my gosh, you're talking back to, of course he's going to talk vaccine. Come on, man. He said end of this year, right after his election, you think he's going to push you to get vaccines. You're talking about president Trump here. And you know what I didn't like the lighting they used. I didn't like, uh, they made sure that his face, uh, didn't look good. They totally made my president look like he had the worst spray tan ever. And his pores were really open, really didn't like it. It was very unflattering. And that was their purpose. Uh, you know, how is it that you could see every single pore on president Trump's face, but the rest of them look flawless. That makes absolutely no sense. So this was a very bad, um, and, and he was wearing bad makeup for the lighting. This was a very bad interview in the sense of the way it was set up. And it was very blatant that they were trying to entrap him to say certain things and that he didn't say them. And, um, uh, I, even though he stood tall, he dropped a lot of hints, which is, uh, you know, very creative um, in the way he did it. So I really liked it. So take a listen to this portion. Back before President Bush, too. China ripped this country off for many, many decades, and I stopped it. Then, of course, you had this horror show coming in, the, the plague. It came in. So now it's a different story, but we've taken in billions. And what have I done with it? I've given some of the monies because they were targeted by China to the farmers and to the ranchers. Uh, $12 billion two years ago, $16 billion last year. And we have a lot this year. And we, by the way, have many times those numbers left over from all the money we're making from China. That never happened before. You have $25 trillion in debt as of today. That's and right. there's more on the burner that's, right. that's possibly coming that's down right. the pipe. What's the number that's well, we're too much cut, when you no, get We're going to cut back very substantially. Plus, we're going to have great growth. This country is going to grow like crazy as soon as we get it going. And we're going to start making our products here. 
Hey, Brett, you've known me for a long time. I've been talking about this for a long time. It's one of the reasons I would say border security, the military and trade. These are the three primary reasons I got elected. This is a very big thing for me. I made a deal. Japan is now paying us $40 billion. They weren't paying us. They weren't doing anything. They were selling us. They were selling us cars. We wouldn't do anything to tax them, but we couldn't sell cars in Japan. Japan, we did a deal for $40 billion, $40 billion a year. Look at South Korea. We redid the deal in South Korea. Mexico, Canada, USMCA. The, NATO, the, the NAFTA deal was so horrible. It was so horrible. But I, I said a word just now, NATO. My biggest fan in the whole world is the Secretary General of NATO, Stoltenberg, great man, great gentleman. He said, nobody has ever done for NATO what I've done. We got $150 billion, the money that they're paying other countries, they weren't paying. We were paying for 100% of NATO. And now other countries are putting up. I went to him, I said, listen, you're going to either pay or we're not going to be. Why would we be protecting all of these countries, 28 countries total? Why would we be protecting? You're not even paying your bills. You're delinquent. Martha, they're putting up $150 billion a year, and it's going up to $400 billion, and no other president has ever done anything like that. We have to take a break, but I just want to ask you quickly. There's a lot of people who say why you talk about making it here in America. Why are all of the antibiotics made in China? Can you give me a date by which we will be self-sufficient in antibiotics in this country? And what kind of incentive would you give manufacturers of pharmaceuticals to make sure that we are not dependent on China anymore for this? So the reason it took place is because other people that sat in this chair, maybe not right here, but this is a beautiful place, because they were foolish. You could even say because they were stupid because they allowed this to happen. And it's not only China. You take a look at Ireland, they make our drugs. Everybody makes our drugs except us. And we've already done it. We're coming out with things, numbers, you're seeing numbers of, of innovations that we've made in the past and things are being announced already. But we're bringing that whole supply chain back. Nobody has to tell me to do it. I've been talking about that for years. Now, the one that you see you don't see it. You see it with cars. You see it with other things. People never looked at medicine, but it's always been about medicine because we have at least 94, 95 percent of our medicines are Which made. It's important to do the vaccine. Here. Well, it's an incredible thing. They're American companies. Well, I'd like to be able to do it here. I don't want to do it in China. That I can tell you. But I think we're going to do it here. And if we do it someplace else, look, we have to get a vaccine. Whoever gets it, I'm going to I'm going to be their best fan in it. I want it. I need the vaccine. We need this country needs the vaccine. And you're going to have it by the end of the year. I, I firmly believe when it. will I may we get that 94 percent of antibiotics made in this country? Do you have a target date for that? I think we will have it done within two years. You know, it doesn't go that quickly. And frankly, you put me in a very bad negotiating position by asking me this question. You know, <laughs> we're talking about this now. I'm supposed to call up my guys. I mean, you put me in a very bad negotiating position and I'm not blaming you. That's your that's your job. But, you know, you're taking my cards away because I don't want to be talking this way. I've done a lot, but it gets exposed when you answer. I assume the show is a big show, right? It's going to do very well tonight. But you do take away a lot of my cards when you're answering, asking me a question like that. You understand that? Yes. Here's the bottom line. I met with the drug company six months ago. I said, you're going to start making the drugs here. You're going to start making them here. And they do it for two reasons, a cost reason, but it's no longer so much cost because we can do things here 
for the same price and in some cases less. And then you don't have the transportation problems. We're taking care of our look. Let me tell you something. Let me let me just break it down. Something that the president won't say straight out, because this is a shocker. All of you that are over 65 that listen to the Tory says show know this. Your health insurance tells you that they have preferred pharmacies. They also tell you if they use, if you use their mail order pharmacy, your medications are substantially cheaper. Yes. And those of you that have private health insurance have the same response. Now, one thing that happened while you were sleeping under the mesmerization of the Obama administration is that he sourced out all of our pharmaceuticals to China and factories that are Teva pharmaceuticals, Israeli as well, right? They're not all Chinese. Um, And they're all being done in Mexico, China, and Europe. So they're contracted. So when he says he can't, it's not that easy, it's because they've signed agreements with these nations to carry the contracts for federally funded healthcare like Medicare, which is for our over 65. I want you guys to understand that United Healthcare owns practically or in Humana. They're all one in the same, believe it or not. Um, all of these insurance companies own parts of the pharmaceutical companies. Are you understanding what I'm telling you? And they all have sourced out these contracts. So how is he going to just shut it down right now? He can't because there's federal contracts that have been signed, you know, for so many years with these nations. So in order to do that, you have to break those contracts with valid reason to break those contracts. But I can tell you, having seen some of these contracts, especially the one with the Teva pharmaceuticals down in Mexico, dude, it is like iron. Like, even if they bomb your country, you can't stop them from making drugs for the elderly. This is how bad it is. So what he is up against is horrific. But I think, and this is, you know, I always talk about Oxum's razor, right? I've been saying it for years now. Simplicity is the best. Well, the minute Obama's impeached, anything his administration done is revocable. So he said, oh, maybe it'll be done in the next two years. Hopefully we'll get impeachment for 44 before that. And that will be a lot easier for all of us. Because with his impeachment, everything he's done can be undone. Everything. So what we have to do is get the guy, uh, you know, head of health and human um, services that signed these contracts, uh, the people that put them out, the people that signed them and hold them accountable for it as treason, as sedition, you know, with seditious activities, conspiracy against the people, robbing the United States. That's how you fix it. That's how you really fix it. Fast. Fast in the sense that, you know, to get an impeachment done, uh, we got to have these elections done. And we've got to have our new Congress in, right? We got a lot to do. So this, if the new Congress is sworn in 2021, then yeah, we could probably get it done by the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, having impeached Barack Hussein Obama in the meantime. So take a listen to the other questions um, and how he answers it. Because he's addressing people 
that are not like me or you that know a little bit more of the intricacies and what's going on in the back. And he's speaking to the, you know, the mesmerized sheeple that, you know, can't stand him to understand what he's up against. I mean, I would have preferred that he just come straight out and say it, but he can't. You can't shatter someone's reality like that because we as, as, as it's just, it's human nature to talk yourself out of stuff. So no, 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 that can't be. This is probably it. Another reason I got elected and some people don't like the sound of it and other countries don't like it, but I said, I'm sorry. It's called America first. And we're all about America first. That's what we're about. Let's get back to our questions. Gentlemen, thank you for being here, Mr. Secretary. Good President. to see you. Boy, what a beautiful shot as night falls over the Lincoln Memorial here in Washington, D.C. Welcome to all of you. Great to have you here. Um, let's go to our next questioner, Kylie Patterson from Baltimore. She is the Director of Economic Inclusion at Johns Hopkins University. President Trump, in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, millions of Americans have lost their jobs. How will you respond to the joblessness while also ensuring that our infrastructure is better than ever. Have you considered investing in infrastructure in our highways, our railways, our airports and bridges as a way to create jobs for America? Yeah. Mr. President, that's to you, but you can obviously phone a yeah, friend here if that. you'd like to. And I'd love to have uh, both speak about it, but infrastructure is very important. It's also important to the Democrats, by the way. That's something we actually do get along. I want to see a payroll tax cut on both sides, a very strong one, because that's going to really put people to work. But infrastructure is so important. Our country, our roads are, excuse me, they're going to hell. We can't get infrastructure approved. Now we have a time, we have a period of time when we can get infrastructure done by both parties, and we're looking at that. In addition, as you know, they want bailouts for the states, the Democrats, and really it's a number of states that frankly have not been managed well by Democrats over a long period of time. Well, we know that. And that was a really odd question. It came from John Hopkins University, just an average place, you know, that's pretty much owned by Mike Bloomberg, pretty much owned by Bill Gates, pretty much owned by the cabal. But let's keep going. So we have to be very careful about that. Very careful. But we will be doing uh, infrastructure. And I told Steve just today, we're not doing anything unless we get a payroll tax cut. That is so important to the success of our country and to the following year, because I think that the following year has a chance to be one of our best years. That'll you be tremendous. all believe that that is how you stimulate demand? Is, is that payroll tax cut? I mean, where do you look at that in the big picture? Well, the president's been very clear on that, and he's spoken about a payroll tax cut over the years. But I, I would also say to that viewer that, um, that the, the immediate way we deal with joblessness is by opening up America again. Uh, the guidelines that the president produced that now we see some 41 states produced plans for a phased, responsible reopening of our economy uh, is going to create jobs in the immediate and uh, I just think uh, where we are today, despite the heartbreaking losses of, uh, of more than 67,000 Americans, 
where we are today uh, is is still a tribute to our healthcare workers, to the sacrifices that American families and businesses have made over the last few months. And if we continue to practice that social distancing, those mitigation efforts as we go through a phase reopening, we'll create jobs today. And with the president's vision uh, for infrastructure, a payroll tax cut, uh, I have no doubt uh, that the second half of this year uh, we're going to see an American comeback. And next year, I agree with the president. I think we're going to have one of the best years in the history of our economy. Mr. Secretary. Yeah, and Mike Pence looks good in this uh, video compared to President Trump. See, this I don't like at all. Secretary, we had questions earlier about people feeling like they fell through the cracks, uh, wondering you know, how they're going to factor in if they didn't get the PPP loan. Uh, what are you looking at for the next thing? Well, let me just first comment before we say the next thing. Let me just emphasize what we've done. And the president was very clear, keeping Americans at work, putting them back to work, protecting American business was our number one priority in an unprecedented way. We now have $3 trillion that we're putting into the economy. That's just beginning. So for those Americans who haven't received their money yet. They will over the next few weeks. Last week alone, we did 2.1 million of small business loans, averaging $85,000 or less. Uh, we've already sent an enormous number, over 120 million direct deposits and checks. The president created enhanced unemployment. So the president has been very clear in an unprecedented way for us to support the economy. And in the next round, we will go back and work with Congress, just as we have before, to make sure we protect American business, American workers, and to stimulate the economy going forward. So let's go to our next question for you all from Phil Tuckoff. He's the president of Tulkoff Food Products, which is a family company, been in the business for over 90 years. They have four locations, South Carolina, Georgia, Oregon, and Tennessee. And here is Phil's question. For my firm, the current tariffs add up to almost $60,000 in monthly additional costs for my operations. Lifting these tariffs would help us speed the recovery for many of us by allowing those funds to be used to hire workers invest in equipment, and recoup some of the cash we've spent to weather the current economic situation. Would you consider permanently or even temporarily reducing or eliminating those tariffs? So, Phil, we're looking at different things, but you have to remember, I've taken those tariffs and given a lot of them to the farmers and farmers that would have been really forced out of business by China when they were targeted because China never had to target us because China was ripping our country off. We were losing $500 billion a year to China for years, and $300 billion, $200 billion, $544 billion, $544 billion a few years ago. And, and what I'm doing is, and what I've done is taken a lot of money out of China, and I've given it back to Phil and other people because I've given it back to the, not all of it, because we've had, we had so much, so much money came in from China. But we gave, as I said, 12 billion two years ago, 16 billion, and this year we have 19 billion that we're distributing to the farmers. Nobody's ever done that. No president's ever done that. But, but, but Phil is obviously bringing in supplies from China that he's getting, he's paying tariffs on. Would you encourage him to try well, to find other countries to buy those things he from? He is, but you know what they're also getting? They're getting big payments. The farmers are getting big payments. And by the way, they are the most incredible. Okay, so rather than tell him, stop buying Chinese, Phil. Stop buying Chinese. Buy your stuff here. You know, very fun how they put this question when we put tariffs on energy infrastructure objects. See how deceptive even Fox News is and how selected these questions are to entrap. I can't stand it. Makes me sick. I mean, I'm... (laughs) 
It makes me sick. It's like, why not buy your equipment here, Phil, Mr. Patriot? People, they don't even want the payments. You know, they say to me some, something that almost no other group, and I can say practically no other group, they want a level playing field. We had a meeting with them, with Mike, and they came in and I said, we're going to give you this. They said, sir, honestly, we don't want anything. We just want a level playing field. Because for 18 years, really, it's longer than that, they've been taken advantage of not only by China, by everybody, including Canada, including many, many countries that you wouldn't even think. So the farmers now with the new USMCA and all of the other things, and as far as Phil, I understand it, but we're giving billions and billions of that money to the farmers and have a lot of money that goes back into the Treasury. And Steve is the proud recipient from the standpoint of the Treasury. But are you considering new tariffs on China as sort of a punishment for their handling of the virus? Well, it's the ultimate punishment. I will tell you that. I don't you like, had experts look I don't at... Like, again, I don't like to tell you what I'm... Because, you know, we're all playing a very complicated game of chess or poker. Name whatever you want to name. But it's not checkers, that I can tell you. We have a very complicated game going. Our country was being ripped off by every nation in the world. And now we have made unbelievable strides. And now the ball is in our court, in other words. That is what we're doing. And for him to push and say, oh, maybe you shouldn't be tariffing China. Or, hey, we want to know, are you going to slap more tariffs on there? Can you see these IIA agents? Can you see how they work? Disgusting. And they're China-centric. All they do is they agree, they agree with China, whatever China wants to do. So our country, perhaps foolishly in retrospect, has been paying $450 million a year to the World Health Organization. And China has been paying $38 million a year. But they were more political than all of our leaders previous. So we'll see what I do with that. I'm going to have to make a decision on that. But we're not happy because what they did... What World Health did, they missed every single call. There's a question to that. Put up with it. Yeah. Um, Let's let's, let's go to Moyes. Uh, Can we pull up Moyes right now? He's from Crawford, I think. Yep. What if a deodorant... So, Martha, I'm just going to say, during this interview, and I wanted to change it because they obviously spam me with advertisements, um, and I think I should go to our awesome advertisements then soon. Um, she, uh, you know, during this Q&A, her body language showed that she was not happy with what she was getting because they were probing. Again, I did not like this town hall. Our president was super on point, but they made him, they put him in a light like physical lighting to not look like he's um, good. They didn't let him look good. Um, They were constantly probing for information that they, they, they knew that, you know, he's exposing his cards as he said, but he was happy to answer it because he could have said, you know, this is a matter of national security. I can't talk about it because national security is your health, right? That's the only thing money can't really buy. I mean, it can, Make it okay, but it's not going to super buy it. It's 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 something that can indeed um, be, in a sense, something that can cause us big issues if they mess with our health, and they've been doing it. They've been doing it for decades, so it is a matter of national security. So let's break. Uh, Let's get to our commercials now. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. 
Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So during the break, I was checking out Twitter and obviously hashtag SCOTUS is um, trending on the eve of SCOTUS gate, uh, which is due to pop tomorrow. Uh, you know, I saw that over the weekend people were like, whoa, we've got documents showing that Obama orchestra. Oh, is this because all of you need to revisit my show, which I upload, I don't, uh, WH Tempest, my archivist does. Um, he's incredible cause he does this for me. I mean, it's so much, 
I, I, I can't even express it how amazing he is for doing that for me, archiving all my radio shows. But you can go through iHeartRadio, iTunes. Um, you can find it on my website, torysays.com. Just click on the tab that says Tory Says Show. You'll see the most recent ones. It'll take you to Simplecast. So I'm on, I'm on regular radio too, but I'm just saying you're going to have to revisit my Supreme Court Justice John Roberts episode. Um, that was in November of 2018, I believe, or was it the beginning of December? Uh, cause I was really running, you know, talking about, um, judge Collier at the time asking why she's still sitting on a bench. Also, if you revisit my old episodes from November, you'll see that I told you there's going to be a Hillary and Barack Obama ticket, but you know, we're seeing that come into fruition now. Um, <laughs> so what I was going to say is SCOTUSgate is supposed to be happening tomorrow. That's part of the documents. Because like I said, during this conversation where Obama gave the marching orders, uh, you know, in the first fortnight of January, uh, the Supreme Court Justice, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, was actually tapped in. And he was tapped in to give advice on how they would be able to delay the inauguration or at least or annul the elections based on information that Brennan had mined overseas with our so-called allies, and many of them are not, are, are so-called allies, but actual enemies too, like China, um, to, you know, not allow President Trump to be president. And he was part of that conversation. So that's going to come up. And, you know, the thing is, people are going to be like, what? Yeah, he had tapped him in because he's president to get a judicial perspective on what to do. The question is, did John Roberts say, well, I would suggest you do it this way, you know, and say, well, you know, they had evidence. I didn't know if it was real or not, but that's the president. And I answered the president. So, and it's like, no, you don't. Judicial branch is separate. You should write, what is it called? The letter of the court or something to, to, to Barack Hussein Obama. You don't just get on the horn with him on your spider phone and have a conversation with people. But anyway, I digress. So anyway, they're, 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 they're trending today because they're going to be doing, uh, they're going to have hearings over the telephone, supposedly. So, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, people can actually tune in and hear arguments of people fighting cases in the Supreme Court. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. So right now... C-SPAN um, is a national treasure, says someone, because they've got Justice Thomas on an or oral argument on U.S. Patent and T Trademark Office versus Booking.com. And so they have Justice Thomas um, having his argument right now. And that's pretty interesting. You know, on the eve of Skodasgate, and I told you Skodasgate is going to be way bigger than what you think, because it just doesn't go to that meeting, right? It does. It goes to the way they've executed and ruled on things, but also how they appoint people. Remember, I don't know, to like FISA courts and stuff like that, or how a Chinese company was able to skip the district court and submit directly to the Supreme Court and get an answer. Oh yeah. You know, politics were involved there. That shouldn't be allowed. Right. But it is, unfortunately it is now. Um, I thought that it would be great if we could go um, uh, just one more uh, question that was asked, which is, is there enough evidence uh, that this was, uh, you know, coming, th that the virus came from China? This was the best question, I think, of the night uh, for all of us to uh, take a listen to. 
and understand because this is about the World Health Organization. This is about the United Nations. This is about the globalist cabal. And they're starting to get titles and names, which is pretty awesome. And I'm loving it because here it goes. Here's the question and listen to the answer. ...about this coronavirus. If it's so, how should global community respond? Well, I don't think there's any question about it. We wanted to go in. They didn't want us to go in early, very early. You'll see that because things are coming out that are pretty compelling now. Uh, so I don't think there's any question. Don't forget, China tried to blame it first on some of our soldiers. That turned out to not go too far. And I really got very upset with that. That was not right. And then they tried to blame it on Europe. I said, how did Europe get involved all of a sudden? You know, Italy suffered probably more than anybody per capita, but Italy, Spain, France now is on an additional lockdown. They've got tremendous problems. All of Europe, it's been a disaster. And you know, when I put a ban on, those people went for the most part, not here. And I'm not happy about this. It's terrible because it's life, whether it's here or Europe. But we put a ban on very early on China coming in. They went to Europe. Most of those people went to Europe. That's why Italy was so badly affected. And you, you just see what they're going through. China tried to blame Europe for this. No. You told John it Roberts came the other from day China. that you saw evidence that gave you a high confidence that the well, virus came from the Wuhan lab. We're going to be Not giving, that it was created there, perhaps, yeah. but that it came from there. At the right Can time, we're going to be Can you illuminate any more about that? Yeah, we're going to be given a very uh, strong report as to exactly what we think happened. And I think it'll be very conclusive. Is there any suggestion that it was anything nefarious or that it was just a mistake? So I think they made, personally, I think they made a horrible mistake and they didn't want to admit it. We wanted to go in. They didn't want us there. Even World Health wanted to go in. They were admitted, but much later, you know, not immediately. And my opinion is they made a mistake. They tried to cover it. They tried to put it out. It's like a fire. You know, it's really like trying to put out a fire. They couldn't put out the fire. What they really treated the world badly on, they stopped people going into China but they didn't stop people going into the USA and all over the world. So you could fly out of Wuhan, where the primary problem was, all of the problem, essentially, also where the lab is. But you could fly out of Wuhan and you could go to different parts of the world, but you couldn't go to Beijing and you couldn't go to any place in China. So what's that all about? In other words, they knew they had a problem. I think they were embarrassed by the problem, very embarrassed. And, the, you know, the case could be made. They said, hey, look, this is going to have a huge impact on China. And we might as well let the rest of the world, because the last people they want, we've had a great year against China prior to the virus coming. And I told you, 67 or so years, the worst economy they've had. Worst they've almost on record that they've ever had because of my negotiations and because I taxed them on the product that they brought in. And by the way, they paid for that tax. It wasn't our people. They paid for that tax. They devalued their currency. But here's the thing. They allowed this to go into our country. They allowed it to go into other countries. Does all it over. change how you feel about President Xi? Does it change your relationship with him? Look, I finished a trade deal that everybody said would be impossible to get. And not only a trade deal, it was a great deal for this country. But that was done months before the virus came. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. I, I had a very good relationship. He's a strong man. He's a tough man. But I have a very good relationship with him. But this should never have happened. This should never have happened. This virus should not have spread all over the world.
Look, he gave you the clue. He's like, first he said it was the U.S. Army. Uh, yeah, you know, because Harvard representatives usually come off like that. Then China said it was Europe. Not off, not off, not off. And now it's China's fault because China was embarrassed. How did they allow <laughs> the globalist cabal to do this? And like he said, it was released from Wuhan. And China is responsible, but you're going to see who's ultimately responsible. Flags are down at the UN. They were down. Just people need to be paying attention to the details. The president can't come out and say it. He can't say I'm vaccines. You can't use vaccines. To use vaccines, you will be changing DNA. You will be causing vulnerabilities. And he's not going to come out and say it. He's not going to sit there and tell you that. Because then it's a conspiracy theory and they've got a 25th Amendment article ready for that answer. So it's, it's, it's hard for him to speak the way he wants to. You just have to trust it. I mean, think about it. For all of you out there complaining, oh my God, we're never going to see this. He's this. He's doing that just to stop. He knows what he's doing. He can't sit there and appease you by telling you exactly what he wants. Uh, this is coming from, you know, uh, ages and ages of how things evolve and how we see things, right? We look clearly. Take, you know, just, just, just try to clear your eyes. I don't know if you need to put eye drops in or give it a good cry, but understand that it's really, really difficult to say anything that's not sanitized. He is giving you a sanitized version and still telling you what he needs to tell you. It's so hard. Isn't it funny? You know, <laughs> so the, off of this town hall, I just wanted to bring that up because it's going to, you're going to understand more of this. The president never tweets about things that aren't already in motion, right? Joe NBC, right? Uh, people have been on him forever. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. So, you know, Matt Couch was all over this, uh, you know, uh, Seth Rich thing. And he's suddenly being sued and all these random journalists are in there. And suddenly they give him an attorney that doesn't let him see all the paperwork. But th that wasn't what they wanted. They wanted the stuff on Lori Klesutis. Why? There's a lot of people that filed a lot of stuff, you know, and sent a lot of stuff. And so, you know, it wasn't happenstance, happen chance. They're used one in the same for, uh, you know, my, um, you know, word Nazis <laughs> that he started with Joe. It wasn't chance to say, whoa, hey, FBI, I want to open it up. And today he's like, ooh, cold case, cold case, right? Exactly. Because we need that reopened. We shouldn't let them get away. And like I said at the beginning of the show, then we'll get to Feinstein. Feinstein's a little bit more complicated because we got, you know, we got a lot more. You know, we got a lot more there. Um, if you're not following Trump girl strong, Patricia, uh, she's incredible. She, 2017, she was like, hey, Joe NBC, when are you going to tell us what really happened to Lori Klesutis? You know, his own intern just dead. And, you know, for me, I just threw that out there and tagged the FBI. Hey, reopen Lori Klesutis case on Joe NBC. He got away with that. And that's exactly what President Trump said today. Con Cash should open up a long overdue Florida cold case against psycho Joe Scarborough. I know him and crazy Mika well used them beautifully in the last election, dumped them nicely, and will state on the record that he is nuts. Besides bad ratings. Hashtag open Joe cold case. So this is all going to be <laughs> coming up. But if he's tweeting about it, it means it's being done. So it could have been. 
you know, a recycling and an identification and give me an update and thank you. Now I understand. So before we go, uh, I'm going to shift gears and we're going to talk about Lindsey Graham. But before we get into it, I think that this, these last 10 minutes, I want you guys to listen to a very old, old, old experiment from 1963. The introduction to it and then a specific portion at the end of the experiments, you know, thing. Because this will help you understand the next hour. This will help you understand Lindsey Graham. This will help you understand what, you know, interactive internet activities are. This will help you understand, see through all the BS of your blue check marks that I actually put in my article who play both sides of the fence because they're hired to do so. Take a listen because this will be shocking to you because you'll hear it with other ears. A decade earlier... Psychologist Stanley Milgram had also looked at how we respond to authority. In order to understand how people were induced to obey unjust regimes and participate in atrocities such as the Holocaust, he set up an experiment. Volunteers were told they were taking part in scientific research to improve memory. Will you open those and tell me which of you is which, please? Teacher. Teacher. Separated by a screen, the teacher would ask the learner questions in a word game and administer an electric shock when the answer was incorrect. He was told to increase the voltage with each wrong answer. Cloud, horse, rock, house. Answer, wrong. 150 volts. Answer, horse. Experiment, that's all. Get me out of here. Get me out of here, please. Continue, please. Go right on. I refuse to go on. Let me out. refuse to go on. The experiment requires you continue, teacher. Please continue. Participants didn't know that the learner was really an actor and the so-called shocks harmless. You're going to get a shock. 180 volts. Oh. I can't stand the pain. Let me out of here. You can't stand it. I'm not going to kill that man in there. I mean, who's going to take the responsibility if anything happens to that gentleman? I'm responsible for anything that happens here. Continue, please. All right, next one. Slow. Walk, dance, truck, music. Two-thirds of volunteers were prepared to administer a potentially fatal electric shock when encouraged to do so by what they perceived as a legitimate authority figure. In this case, a man in a white coat. 375 volts. I think something's happened to that fall in there. Milgram's findings horrified America. They showed that decent American citizens were as capable of committing acts against their conscience as the Germans had been under the Nazis. I mean, are we not seeing that now with our police officers, you know, in California? Did you guys see that video where the veteran said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you standing here stopping people from, from, from protesting? This is their right. You know why? Because here's what happens. Newsom says, it's on me. You just do your job. And they're okay with it. They're totally okay with it. They're 100% okay with it. That should terrify you because those are the dildo waivers. Those are the people that are the problem. 
They are the people that respond to authority. Listen to this guy who was like, hey, you got to check on him. Listen to this guy where he realizes what they, you know, he's giving lethal doses to a person he can't see who he's not really shocking. He's showing concern because he's like, holy crap, this is happening. Check this out. Something's happened in Manhattan attacked or something there. The experiment requires that we continue. Go on, please. Don't, don't the man's health mean anything? Whether the learner likes it or not, we but must... But he might be dead in there. I mean, some people can't take this shock, sir. Please I mean, continue. I don't tend to be rude, but I mean, I think you should look in on him. Whether I mean, the... all you got to do is look at the door. I don't get no answer, no noise, something I think has happened to the... This is the guy that never learned what the smell test is. Everybody knows that. And I was so glad to hear this former Marine who's a doctor sit in front of the crowd on his, you know, horn in California to say, as a Marine, you know, I was told when I was given an order to see if it, it, smell, it passes the smell test, right? And, and, and if it doesn't, that's where you're like, excuse me, Sergeant. Excuse me, First Sergeant. Excuse me, Colonel. Excuse me, ma- Major. Excuse me, Captain. Excuse me, General or Admiral. I'm sorry. This doesn't pass the smell test. Because you have the right to challenge authority when it doesn't seem right. But people are conditioned to think that if someone in authority tells them, well, don't worry about it. That's not your job. People do that. This is why we have snitches. So we're going to talk about how snitches got got what they were doing. I'm hoping to get this guy on the show, Jared Tosh. I would love to buy him dinner, buy him drinks, you know, when I can and see him. Only because that is how we should respond. We should show them that what they are doing is wrong in those simple things. Those police officers that knocked on the woman's door and ran her plates using a federal database with no law broken. These are the people that would have been shocking people without questioning. This guy's questioning, but listen again, um, how he's told it's your fault if he's dead, but I'm taking responsibility. Gentlemen, we must continue. Go on, please. You're going to keep giving what, 450 volts every shot now? That's correct. Continue. The next word is white. White. 450 volts. Next one is short. Sentence. Movie. First time. All right, excuse me, teacher. We'll have to discontinue the experiment. I'd like to uh, ask you a few questions, if I may. How do you feel, though? I feel all right, but I don't like what's happened. That I fall in there, he's been howling, and we had to keep giving him shots. I didn't like that one bit. I mean, he's, he wanted to get out, and he just kept going, kept throwing 450 volts. I didn't like that. He wouldn't even look at on that gentleman. Well, who was actually pushing the switch? I was, but he kept insisting. I told him no, but he said he got to keep going. I told him it's time we stopped when we got up to uh, 195, 210 volts. But why didn't you just stop? He wouldn't let me. I wanted to stop. Many people not knowing... What do you mean he wouldn't let you? That's the minute you get up and say, take your $4 an hour and put it up where the sun don't shine. I'm not doing this. This is it. We need to be reminded what the core issues that we have are. This is why our nation is in the position it is now. We're giving Mayor Beetlejuice in Chicago the ability to do things. We're allowing cops in New York City tasing people and random passerbys who are like, what are you doing? Yeah, knock you down and arrest you for what? Telling you that you shouldn't. Guys, 
the, the bottom line is in our nation, the government shouldn't be feared. The government should be fe- in fear of us. They work for us. They answer to us. Why has the, when did this table turn and how did we allow it to turn? So again, even though I'm the first one to say I want to be armed to the teeth and out in the roads, I would never do that because that is exactly what they want. What we have to do is use the tools we have. That's the law. We still have the Constitution right now. That is what needs to be used to avoid the future that is creeping up once again. And I'll explain what I mean by once again in the second hour. Listen to what, uh, what the commentator had to say on this. Much about the experiment claim that subjects who go to the end of the board are sadistic. Nothing could be more foolish as an overall characterization of these persons. The context of their action must always be considered. The individual upon entering the laboratory becomes integrated into a situation that carries its own momentum. The results, as I observe them in the laboratory, are disturbing. They raise the possibility that human nature cannot be counted on to insulate men from brutality and inhumane treatment at the direction of malevolent authority. A substantial proportion of people do what they are told to do, irrespective of the content of the act and without limitations of conscience, so long as they perceive that the command comes from a legitimate authority. If in this study an anonymous experimenter could successfully command adults to subdue a 50-year-old man and force on him painful electric shocks against his protests, one can only wonder what government, with its vastly greater authority and prestige, can command of its subjects. Imagine a government where they control the media, social media, internet, the access you have to information, where they create little pocket groups rallying you up so you should do your duty to humankind and it doesn't matter if you hurt people in the middle. It doesn't matter if you take some lives because it's for the greater good. It's to save the planet. It's to save the turtles and the whales. It is your duty to do it because why? I said so. They are subject. This is why I said everybody born in America really doesn't need freedom because they have been born and they uh, abide by subject rule. This has always been the problem. This is why the United States of America is so beautiful because it believes that human beings should not be subject to authority at all times. We are the authority. You are the authority. The people in office, the people we elect are supposed to serve us. It's not the other way around. They should fear us. It's not the other way around. That's something that a lot of people forget. And, you know, we're going to touch base more on that right after this short break. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So in the first hour and at the end of the first hour, I kind of had you listen to a very old experiment that should terrify every single one of you. It should terrify you because it clearly states exactly 
what is the problem with humans, right? And specific humans, right? Humans that just abide and bend down, bend over, bow down, and do not listen. Now, over the weekend, I published two articles, one's about one about Kansas City and again, North Dakota. And I stress the thing about North Dakota because it's not selected randomly. This state has people just like the guy in that experiment, tons of them terrifying because this emperor of a governor who really wants to run for president really does who's backed by Bezos and Gates and Bloomberg is now you know doing things out of an Orson Welles novel with obedience score and compliance like it's terrifying and they're telling you the funny thing is is that they're telling you but people aren't listening anymore people have lost the ability to listen you know um Thorn in his side for Curtis, I am from the late nineties who tried to create reality hacking and he was doing it all wrong. And you know, this young, when I was young, I had to educate him on, you know, how things should be done. That's a story for another time, but we're going to make him famous along with all these top brass generals that have taken weapons that were funded by us to protect us and they have turned the guns on us. And this is what they do because there are people just like that. I want you guys to listen to this guy, uh, Vern Douche, right? Um, who explained what tracing is. And then we're going to compare it to what Kansas City, Missouri is doing to see that it's one in the same but in a different way. Oregon has their own way. This place has their own way. And they're all fighting to see which state is going to come on top. Listen to this and I'll break this down so you understand just how dangerous it is and how we have the inability to listen. Now, the article that I uh, put all this information in, you know, when I put screenshots or videos, it's because, hey, pause for a second, look at this two-minute video, then continue reading. I mean, not a lot of people read articles, which sucks. They retweet, but don't read them. All of my stuff, if you look from 2018, if uh, through Big League and other stuff that I've done from 2010, 2009, through Breitbart under Andy's name, you'll see there's a lot of Easter eggs. I love Easter eggs. And they all come, you know, they all hatch when they need to hatch. That's why I call them Easter eggs. And in this article, there's Easter eggs that are going to hatch way later. But... This is a point where I'll play first Burgums, which is very important, where the governor himself is telling people how privacy is valued. But then he also tells them how he's using something like Clearview AI <laughs> to track the people that the people that have the app are going to be tracking for him. Take a listen. On, uh, but CARE 19 is one of the elements that really relates to the contact tracing. And we're excited to announce today that we're uh, launching the uh, much awaited version, the Android version of CARE 19 is coming out today. I see some fist pumping going on right here in our limited audience. Yeah, limited audience selected by you that are fist pumping. Why would they be fist pumping? Why are you happy that the government wants to track you? This is just how dumb people are. Uh, but I want to thank those uh, over 20,000 uh, individuals uh, who downloaded the uh, app uh, iPhone version of that and have already uh, uh, enabled their location services. Remember, Care 19 app is entirely voluntary. Uh, but again, he reminds you that it's voluntary for now and you need to turn on your location services. Wait, because this is going to be totally contradicted 
later, which means that they've already got something else to back up when you turn off your location services. This is where we lack the ability to listen. Listen. Again, we want to highly encourage everyone to help us improve our ability in North Dakota to better scale and efficiently do contact tracing. This is one of the things that's going to allow us to reopen. Um, we we your privacy is essential and having privacy uh, at was at the core of the design of this product uh, the information that's collected about location is not associated with you not your phone number uh, or any of your other personal information okay so that's line number one how many of you download candy crush candy crush automatically has your device id has your phone number and any stored payment information through your Google Play store or your Apple store. So we all know that because iTunes wants you to have a credit card on file, even if it's free, right? So does Google sometimes. Oh, dear. You mean it's totally anonymous? So let's call BS on that one. Not your email address. Uh, and the app is free for individuals to download. Uh, the new the Care 19 app is also going to keep getting better. We did have some questions yesterday about uh, location. The new version is going to offer improved location uh, tracking and another other capabilities. It will also incorporate uh, joint Bluetooth proximity tracking. Many people that follow tech probably saw the... Uh, okay, did you hear that? Bluetooth proximity tracking. So uh, this is what's, this is what is really, really insane. Okay. That people are not listening to the words. So Clearview AI is facing questions about apparent talks with federal and state officials to use its facial recognition technology. This is from before. Senator, Senator Edward Markey, a Democrat from Massachusetts on Thursday, sent a letter to Clearview AI asking the company to name the agencies it's in talks with to disclose any possible agreements to develop contact tracing tools. Now, in 2018, I had published an article on big league politics that talked about facial recognition, and I even put it in this article, Big Trouble in Little China, and by China, I meant North Dakota. I put the link in that of that article in there because in that article, I have actually put the screenshot from the FBI with the Attorney General of North Dakota, just so you can see how long this has been planned out. This document was signed in 2013 which is for the purposes of this memorandum of understanding, personal identifiable information is defined as information which can be used to distinguish or trace an individual's identity. Now, and this is all linked to facial recognition. So this attorney general, without asking its citizens on his own account, right? And this guy has been in office for over 20 years. Keep in mind, right? This is why this state is perfect because these people are naive. They're not stupid. They're naive and they bow down to anyone that looks like they have authority. Anybody that looks like they have authority, they bow down to. Why do you think the governor, Doug Burgum, has 20-year-olds working for him, which is so easy for them to just leak stuff to me? It's ridiculous. He pulls them out of college. Some of them drop out of college, all for the sake of him throwing a bone to them and saying, oh, I work with him because he's so special. People are that dumb. Right. And it's because they're naive and they look to be thrown a bone and scraps from a leader. So this document was signed in 2013. The person who put this program into effect is a guy named Cuthbertson from the FBI who was putting out RFPs in 2001, 2002, because I've been working on this project for a very long time myself for tracing biometrics where he would put out requests to private companies that would allow them to collect biometrics. So if you worked as a secretary, for example, 
and you know um, Lehman Brothers at one point. Any information they had on you is already on an FBI database with your picture for your ID card to enter the fancy building. From the Metro card they bought you in New York so you can work. You think this is fun in games? You think that it's, it's, it's no big deal? They have been doing this to compile data to do exactly what they deployed with this virus. To know which idiots, right, on the scale would be most effective to address in order to have them turn into snitches and help them do their job. This is why mayors and governors were like, hey, snitch and I'll pay you. Hey, snitch and I'll do this. Whereas Jared Tosh just showed them by doxing them. Oh my God, I might lose my job because I snitched. Then why didn't you mind your own business? What did you gain by snitching on that business that has produce in there that won't have anything that can't be covered, that has no money and has employees. What did you gain? Absolutely nothing. But what? But you respect authority, supposedly. So he tells about Bluetooth proximity, and that is actually something that Clearview AI does. So just so you understand, the, this company has shadowy, you know, spooky surveillance networks. By the way, you won't even believe this. Do you want to know? Okay. So these generals, all, all, all part of this clear view AI. Sorry. So we've got General Jones, General Hayden, um, you know, obviously um, uh, General um, McChrystal, which I did a whole episode on. And that was a warning episode to him. Hey, I like you. I really like you, but I don't trust you. And you did this. I, I did a whole episode on him on purpose in 2018, you guys. Whole episode, if you remember. Because I worked with Michael Hastings on his next story. Funny how people go dead, right? So here we are where we have this surveillance system that the governor just told you. It's called Bluetooth proximity. Which means if your phone... You're sitting there and you're listening to your, if you have an iPhone and you're using those stupid AirPods, which by the way, remind me of something about Mary, that disgusting, you know, drippy white thing coming by the ear, right? Ugh. That's when I see someone with AirPods, that's all I can think about is something about Mary. And for those of you that have seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So I, I can't do AirPods, period. But Say you have your AirPods on and you're walking, minding your business, uh, you know, heading to the store and some, you know, submissive person that, you know, bows down to authority because they told them to and loves to have a leash on them has downloaded this app. The minute you pass by because your Bluetooth is on to connect with AirPods, guess what? Her device registers your device ID. Maybe your phone number, depending on what Apple shares and what they allow you to not share. But considering that Doug Burgum is working with Apple and uh, Google for the Android platform to collect this data, like he tells you now, it's going to be a lot of information. So there you are, device ID, where they just request, hey, we got this number or this device ID. Let's look it up. Who is it on? Oh, it's John Smith. Let's go knock on John Smith's door probably saw the uh, really uh, incredible announcement that Apple and Google, uh, the two largest phone providers in the world, they announced uh, a few weeks ago that they were going to uh, figure out a way uh, to get the algorithm, because each of them used different approaches for Bluetooth, uh, that there's going to be uh, interoperability between the Apple and Google platform on uh, Bluetooth proximity tracking, and the, the Care 19 uh, app will be able to incorporate that uh, capability. And again, uh, what's the primary benefit here? The primary 
primary benefit, of course, is saving lives uh, and helping us get reopened and going. Uh, but what it will allow is when, again, in an anonymous way, uh, down the road, let's say it's next fall. Why is he saying down the road next fall in an anonymous way? First of all, he also contradicts himself because he said the data is purged after 30 days. So how about the data that you're collecting now? How's that going to help you in the fall? Oh, you mean you're not purging the data every 30 days? See, this is where people lack the ability to ask questions and listen. Now, listen to this douche that he put up there telling people how, oh, this is a conspiracy theory and how, you know, this is is the best thing ever and how, you know, they revamped their stone age technology for COVID within like a week, but they couldn't fix it for elections, right? Which is the most important thing ever in our nation is our ability to vote and our voice to be heard. They couldn't fix infrastructure for decades now. And they're keeping it in the Stone Age, along with the Secretary of State of over 23 years that has dementia sitting in that office, right? They're sitting there. <laughs> well, he hasn't been diagnosed with dementia. I'm not his doctor, but the guy fell over on a scooter the other time. And he doesn't look all together. And when you ask him questions, like if you say Twitter, he'll be like, what's that? You know, whippersnapper. He has no idea what technology is. yet. <laughs> he's running the Secretary of State uh, office, and he is required to be in this century. But anyway, I digress. Take a listen to what this guy has to say. Thank you, General Schulte. It's a real pleasure and a privilege to, um, to be serving with you. You know, when we started this journey of, of meeting the challenge of COVID-19 and keeping the citizens of North Dakota safe, our marching orders were pretty straightforward. The governor made no mistake about letting us know what his expectations were. And he would say, and he said it a number of times, he was consistent and he would say, I want a robust, world-class contact tracing system. Those were our marching orders. And marching orders. I want it robust. It's got to be awesome. Oh, please. This is, this is how they speak and they impress people that have no idea how things work. That's the thing. Take a listen to what else. I'm skipping ahead. This is where strike forces are required. Last Friday we turned up a system called D365. That is a brand new dynamic space system that is a tool, a very important tool for our contact tracers. Gone are the fax machines. Gone are the written forms. These COVID tracers are online to a very powerful dynamic system that is generating the information that we need. But it's not about the technology. It's about saving lives. It's about reaching those that possibly are affected or infected as quickly as possible and getting them out of harm's way. This is about protecting the citizens of North Dakota. This is about staying in front of COVID so we don't throw our hands up and just let. Oh my God, we're doing this to protect you. You need to let us monitor you, chain you with invisible chains, know everything there is to know about you and stick you in your home and be able to knock on your door and fly drones over your head, listen into your phone calls, get your device ID. We should do all that because we're trying to save you. Our citizens fall into harm's way on yeah. the ground. Public health people. 
yeah, totally. They fall into harm's way and we want to be there to help you. Trying to get reach out to the citizens to make that testing accessible for those that want it. I will tell you that working with the National Guard and watching the logistics of what it takes to test 1,100 people in one day, eight lanes of traffic, 60. The National Guard, right? They're not even military. They're like this appendage of wannabe military that the governors, they're state cronies, basically. And this is why Space Force will never have a National Guard Space Force because they do not want to play into this UN, you know, conglomerate. Because just so you know, your National Guard can be called out by the United Nations like their army. So, you know, that video that I put of Chappelle where I'll play it, it's a little bit crude, but it's super awesome, actually is not true because the UN does have an army and it's called your state's National Guard. The guardsmen on the ground, public health people, and the citizens of North Dakota working their way through that and never having to wait more than 10 minutes. That's... Yeah, we got testing in 10 minutes. We'll get you in and out no worries. You know, forget what Schumer and Pelosi keep saying that we don't have testing. Listen to us. We'll get you in and out quick. So just come over, let us harvest your DNA, and then you could get going. That's serving the population. And so the reality is, though, those testing events, although they've improved and they're improved. It's DNA harvesting parties, right? DNA harvesting parties, not testing events. Okay. DNA harvesting bodies. Okay. Parties. Sorry. And I said bodies. That's what they are. Uh, these are accessible uh, and very easy to get to. You that working with the National Guard and watching the logistics of what it takes to test 1,100 people in one day, eight lanes of traffic, 60 guardsmen on the ground, public health people, and the citizens of North Dakota working their way through that and never having to wait more than 10 minutes. And and we're looking at that and saying we have to be more efficient. We have to make sure that the citizen experience is good and that we're getting them through and we're being efficient with that. And so this morning, um, we stood up a brand new system that will be based. By the way, as he's talking, they have this banner going across 27 people currently hospitalized. It attested this weekend. We are calling it citizen registry. Whoop. Wait a minute. Citizen registry. So if you go to my article from Big League Politics from 2018, I talked to you about the citizen log. Now, a lot of people called it the life log, which is very similar to what Facebook was doing because, you know, that patent was kind of bought, yet somebody else actually created it way before Zuckerberg, but whatever. So citizen registry, how does that make you feel right now? So you're in a citizen registry. Did, 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 doesn't it remind you of movies from like Total Recall and all this other stuff? Or those, you know, uh, dystopic, you know, movies where you're living in a container, you know, five floors up while, you know, everybody else is on high flying floating cars and you're rummaging in the sewer to, to hunt for a rat to eat. How many of those movies? Are, this is it. This is where it's going. The cities and the country. I, I try to warn people. I mean, that was my project. I try to warn you guys about what the future would be like some point in 2036. You know, and it shifted because it was the wrong ears that listened. They just delayed it. They were like, mm, you know, maybe we should get a little bit more impact because that's not a lot of cities. We need cities. We need big, big, beautiful cities so that we can entrap as many humans as we can. All of those that would be perfect subjects for the Milgram experiment. 
So here's how they're testing it out. So citizen registries, listen. And it will allow the citizens to come to a testing facility. In some cases, if they want, fill out their demographic information before they even get to the site. Have a QR code, just like when you're boarding an airplane. Show that QR code to the guardsman. Yeah, show your digital identity to the guardsman with a little QR code. Or public health that contains your demographic information, and you go right into testing. And you demographic like name, social security number, address, sex, whatever, whatever else they ask you, just to make it feel like we're just getting general information. You get out of there and you get on with your life. All of the clipboards, all of the three-part forms, will be set aside, and the guardsmen and public health officials will have iPads, and that's how the system will be. The information will be entered into the system. I wonder how much money they're spending for all these iPads and all these logistics, because apparently Doug Burgum only spent nine and a half thousand dollars for an app. I mean, that's a steal, isn't it? Right. All this infrastructure. What about the computer programs to enter the demographics? What about creating these QR codes, huh? And then feeding them into the app. Losers, losers, losers. Where's everybody in North Dakota that's going to wake up and say, well, that seems funny. He was smart. Kept it under 10,000 means you don't need an RFP. But the thing is, that company is getting money from Bloomberg, Gates, and other investors that are on board because they could sure use that data that you're collecting on these people. They could sure use it because they'll be like, hey, you know, the majority of people in, I don't know, Mandan walk down the left side of the street more than they do the right. So I need to buy all the stores on the left side of the street so I can put stores in there so I have more business. Do you see? I'm just giving you an example of how they can use that data to benefit themselves. Kind of like the way Doug Burgum, the governor, owns half of Fargo. Like literally owns a percentage of a city. But, you know, Emperor Burgum is, walks on water. He's looking after, you know, his citizens. He's not trying to data crunch them and make money off of them, God forbid, with his stupid little Teddy Roosevelt library. That follows the specimen to the lab. The data digitally goes to the lab follows and picks up those results, moves on to contact tracing, moves on to the public health department's um, data systems, and we do that without any manual intervention or without any other keying. I was talking with General Schulte about this as we were watching it roll out this morning and feel pretty comfortable that in these, these um, events, these testing events, that we will be able to conduct those events with half the people that we do today. Yeah, and that's important go to for, this party so they um, harvest your DNA. It's important for being... Yeah, you should be there. It's efficient. It's fast. It's like you're boarding an airplane. You just scan your code. You go in. We take your DNA and it's done. So the engine, D365, that's the heartbeat. The automation of the testing events, that's an important part of serving the citizens. And the third part is something that we've talked about, and the governor has mentioned many times from this podium, and that is uh, CARE 19, the app. I just want to say, right, this loser is telling everyone to download this app. This loser is encouraging people to come to DNA harvesting parties, and he's proud of himself. But now he's going to talk about this app. And, you know, okay, I'm overweight, right? Okay, I, I, my metabolism is shot. I have a liver that's not working. But <laughs> he called me an 800-pound gorilla. I'm not happy about that. This is so cool because this is a North Dakota app. This is developed by North Dakota folks. 
proud crowd out of Fargo, Tim and Darren have done an amazing job in their team. You mean Bill Gates? The first in the nation to to release an app like this. Yeah, because they had inside information. And the information. app is dynamic and it's changing every day and it's improving every day. And a new version just came out. It's on Apple. It's on Android. They are. Yeah, and they're working on this. For $9,500 every day, putting out updates and creating algorithms. Do you, if you believe that, you believe if anything. We're tightening up the location information. And it's amazing to see that we have 30,000 people that have downloaded that app. I just looked and we're just a tish under 30,000. So they've got 30,000 people that would be perfect subjects for the Milgram experiment. I'm here to tell you that's not enough. I'm here to tell you if we're not capturing more of this data that supplements our contact tracking system, it will be more and more difficult to stay in front of COVID. We don't need... Yeah, if you don't just voluntarily give it to us, you're just all going to die. You know, CNN's talking about hornets, but we're just going to stick to the viruses for now. 30,000 to download it. We need 200,000 to download this app. And we ask ourselves, why, why haven't more people downloaded it? We've got over 700,000 now. Not everybody has a smartphone. Why aren't they downloading it? You know why. I know why. Yeah, Tori says that's why. It's the 800-pound gorilla in the room, right? I wasn't in that room, and I take offense to that. People are saying, oh, location data. There's a, a conspiracy theory. Right, conspiracy theory. That's who you call when anyone questioned anything. So I put a nice little meme. Daddy, what did you do when the state took all of our freedom and rights away? I called anyone who questioned it a conspiracy theorist and clapped like a monkey. That is exactly what they think of the people of North Dakota, that they're stupid. That they're stupid, stupid, stupid. But it's not just that. It's not just North Dakota. It's the rest of America, too. They think you're dumb. They think everyone is stupid. Everyone. So I'm going to play a clip that I played for you guys in October. And ooh, look at the relevance now. Let me let me let me pull it up because it's so grand to listen to it again and again and again. So I'm just gonna let it like roll those two seconds. I'm just gonna have them on repeat for a little bit. Okay. Deep dive. Where is it? Uh, uh, excuse me. I love Lindsay, but I, I can't help but think the fact that he's an ex-senator. Corruption Lindsey by Graham Biden. Lindsey gonna do a deep dive. Where is it? Uh, excuse me, I love Lindsay, but I, I can't help but think the fact that he's an ex-senator. Corruption Lindsey by Graham Biden. Lindsey Graham says going to do a deep dive. Where is it? Uh, excuse me, I love Lindsay, but I, I can't help but think the fact that he's an ex-senator. Corruption Lindsey by Graham Biden. Lindsey Graham says going to do a deep. Okay, we good on that? You got that? All right, now let's listen to this. ...protocol and then have long hid since the beginning of the investigation the evidence that they knew he was innocent. The entire prosecution was false. It must be dismissed for the government's egregious misconduct and his guilty plea withdrawn. 
That's Sidney Powell, the lead attorney for President Trump's former national security advisor, General Michael Flynn, reacting to newly unsealed FBI documents during the Mueller investigation. I spoke with her on Mornings with Maria on Fox Business this week. Those documents include handwritten notes from the date of Flynn's interview in January, in which FBI officials debated whether to warn him that lying to the federal agents was a felony or, quote, get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired. Joining me right now is Judiciary Committee Chairman Senator Lindsey Graham. Senator, it's great to have you this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. We've been down this road many times in terms of that cabal and how they uh, set everybody up to try to take down Donald Trump. We now know Peter Strzok was critical there. Will you call Peter Strzok to your committee to interview him as a witness, Senator? Yeah, when the case is over, I'm not going to do anything to interfere in an ongoing criminal case. That'd be unethical. That'd be wrong. But when this case is over, I'm going to ask questions like, why uh, did the field office recommend dropping the case? And Peter Strzok in the seventh floor insisted that it go forward. Seems to me there's a tale of two FBI's here. The FBI agents that we all admire in the field office and this uh, hit squad that McCabe and Comey put together operating out of the seventh floor. I want to know why Flynn was being surveilled by the Obama administration to begin with. Uh, they, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Obama. OK, I just want to say um he wants to ask all these questions when it's done, right? Did, did, did you guys hear him say that? So here's where Tori tells you how Lindsey Graham knew everything. I had run across Lindsey Graham's rubbish, rubbish, a long, long time ago. You know, because if you want to talk art orchestration, let me tell you something. The seventh floor can't do anything anything if they don't have Senate and congressional compliance. They can't do anything because they're supposed to be their oversight, right? The Senate and the House are supposed to oversee the people that are appointed that we don't elect, correct? You're not supposed to be up in any funny business. You need to be good. But, you know, here's Lindsey Graham blowing smoke again. You know, remember Lindsey Graham who was in that picture with McCain and Amy Klobuchar, who, by the way, is going through some things right now, uh, you know, who's, <laughs> who has her, what is it, her very close proximity to the director of communications for Rothschild Bank. It just so happens. But anyway, so here we have Lindsey Graham telling you what he's going to do, like he's been saying since forever in a day. And... It's very important to remember that, you know, I mean, deep dive, where is it? Uh, uh, excuse me, I love Lindsay, but I, I can't help but think the fact that he's an ex-senator. So ex-senator. <laughs> well, let's just listen to what Lindsey Graham has to say before we go all in. And I'll tweet out a picture that was so beautifully put together. This B-roll that Maria Baratomo had. Hat tip hat to her. Loved it. Administration is surveilling the national security advisor of the president-elect. What the hell was that all about? I want to know why they were uh, looking at manufacturing a crime rather than investigating the one investigating a crime. The field agents wanted to drop the case. It was the seventh floor at the FBI said, no, we got to go forward. It is now time to understand how the seventh floor operated. I'll be all over that. Mr. President, don't give Flynn a pardon yet. Let the system work out. He deserves a new trial. Oh, no, no, no. Like, seriously, don't give him a pardon yet. Let it play out. You mean buy you some time? Buy you some time? (laughs) That's the thing. See? See? So when I got flack 
from so many people on the internet calling Lindsey Graham a clown, even though he pulled up that fake sword for Kavanaugh because he was like, guys, we are not going to live this out. This guy will pass and <clears throat> he will have it in for us. This is the only reason he pulled that sword. He was looking after his own self. I mean, Session and his, <laughs> he's down, right? Tribunals, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I was just thinking out loud right there accidentally. But yeah, listen to what else uh, our little Lindsay has to say. And that case should be dismissed because of prosecutorial misconduct. That's the right answer here. So so do you think he'll be exonerated then? Uh, I think the judge should, in light of this new evidence, dismiss the guilty plea and eventually dismiss the case. We now know in January the... You mean the judge that called him a traitor? You mean the judge that had the obligation as a judge to make sure that he had all the information before making rulings and assigning a date for sentencing? You mean that judge? I, I, I just want to be clear. The fourth, the FBI agents in Washington said there's no there there. It was only after right. uh, Strzok got involved at the direction of the seventh floor the case continued. And this is a process crime. They set him up. I hope the guilty plea is set aside. And I hope the government will join in in a motion to demis- dismiss the case. No, dismiss the judge, dismiss you, and round you all up. That's what we have to do. But again, my example. Imagine the United States of America being a train. Unfortunately, all these idiots are the wheels on the train. You can't stop the train because it's moving and you've got a lot of passengers. How do you take the wheels off and replace it without killing people? You got to do it very, very carefully. And so Lindsey Graham, useful tool right there. And he thinks he's slid by. He's totally not. He thinks we're just trolling, right? <laughs> you know, because if you go to ToriSays.com, you'll see that I have a, a, an article that clearly has the seventh floor as its main picture. Elevator with the seventh floor. We all know what's up. And the seventh floor doesn't get marching orders on its own. It gets them from the top, hence the impeach 44. And the seventh floor can't do diddly squat if they don't have cover from the Senate and the House. Let's get that clear. And, you know, Lindsey Graham's like, you know, great wingman. Attorney General Barr is a real hero here for the rule of law. So Attorney General Barr, if he joined in with the defense to dismiss the case, that would be the right outcome. Then I come in. Wait a minute. Attorney General Barr can't jump in to dismiss the case. Stop. And then you're going to jump in when you see what? No. Barr? Well, let's see. Labor Day is coming up again, right? Yeah. I've got to tell you, though, I mean, we've been talking about this now for three years. And when I first came on the scene and said, look, this is a coup to take down Donald Trump, I got slammed. Everybody out there was just going on this, you know, Russia collusion uh, witch hunt, which was ridiculous. And you told me repeatedly over the last couple of years, as I continue to bring this evidence forth, in February of 2019, you said, I'm going to subpoena Rosenstein, Yates, Strzok, Mm -hmm. call me. Mm -hmm. In July Mm -hmm. of 19, you said, I'm vowing to do a deep dive. In August 19, you said, we will make sure this never happens again. September 22nd, 2019, you came on this show. You said, we're ready to start calling people. October 29, I'm going to call Horowitz and subpoena. November 19, I'm going to call Horowitz after the findings. I'm going to, 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 I'm going to. You are the only one with subpoena power right now in the Republican Party. We need you to call these individuals down to testify as witnesses. People want you to. Did you did you hear it? Did you hear that? Not Maria. Did you hear his butthole pucker when she said that? Move on this, yeah. Senator. Yeah. Are you going to do it? 
Yeah, but I've told you and I'll tell you again, I'm not going to interfere in an ongoing criminal matter. This is a rule of law nation. I'm a politician. Oh, rule of law nation. You're the one that was talking about how incredible this dossier is. You're the one that was flipping, flopping and pulling fake swords. You're the one that turns red when you see people like me <laughs> and former military, former IC who are sitting in the background and each and every one of you want to find them. All of them. I'm here. I'm talking to you. My face is right there. <laughs> My voice is right there. See, this is the thing. No one calls him to the carpet. Gosh, Maria, I loved her. She finally called him to the carpet. I'm pretty sure she's going to get spanked by Murdoch soon, but, you know, she did it. Sure. My goal is to write a report on how I got off the rails, but I can promise you okay. we're going to do it right. I'm not going to jump into the middle of this case, but when it's over, we're going to find out why the Mueller investigation lasted two years. We're going to find out what kind of FBI shop was run out of the seventh floor. We're going to find out how you could issue. He already knows what kind of shop was being run out of the seventh floor. And did you know that on the seventh floor, just so you know, CNN, Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS, Waypo, Qatari, Al Jazeera, they all had offices there. Did you know that? Yeah. They actually had offices on the seventh floor. Just saying. Just saying some facts. Warrants against Carter Page when the Russian subsource told the FBI in January 2017 it's all a bunch of garbage. That's my lane. Good. Durham is a prosecutor. Okay. I'm an oversight guy. Oh, oversight guy. Well, why don't we talk about the, you know, corrupt clown right now talking where we still indicted Russians and Guccifer 2.0 when we know Guccifer 2.0 was a CIA operation. Like right now, within the governors, they've got Operation Echo going, right? All of them. They're all talking and colluding. Oh, who's going to get this first? You know, they're all running to see that their strategies work first. Listen, and I know I, I skipped over Kansas City, but I can tie this in really nicely. So just like Lindsey Graham, who's supposedly a Republican, he's competing with the Democrats, supposedly, supposedly again. But they all want to get to the prize, which is survival. I mean, like I tweeted out today. I hear Pelosi has a meeting with her own attorney. Hmm. She's already in it. Begs the question as to why is she writing laws out of her house? Who's consulting her? Could it be her lawyer that's telling her how to write these laws and this legislation? Who's advising her? Because even though those negotiations and those discussions are supposed to be, you know, protected, they're actually supposed to be open records. So when they're sitting there and discussing things, we should have record. So the question is, how are they having meetings and who are they using as outside input, right, to further this? Maybe some law firm that has offices in Chicago and New York. Maybe some law firm that has people like Priya from that used to be general counsel at the Department of Treasury and at the Department of Energy. I'm just saying. These are... the. the the reason I throw this in is listen to what he says and then take into consideration what I just said about Pelosi and competition. But I'm not going to interfere, interfere in an ongoing criminal matter, period. Another lane of yours is the China lane. You also right. have bills coming out to keep China's feet to the fire. They lied and they hid this coronavirus. Now the whole world is suffering. Tell me what you're going to do and where are your colleagues on the left in terms of partnering with you against China? 
Well, I've got a bill that says we're going to put sanctions on China's economy until they cooperate with the investigation about how the virus came out of the lab, if it came out of the lab at all, closing the wet markets that create these pandemics. And there we go with the wet markets again. We're going to stop it right there. So basically, he, where are the rest of the Democrats? What are they doing with China? How are we going to force China to say what we want them to say? How are we going to force China to do what we want them to do? And how are we going to move this forward is the question. These guys are just competing for the top seat, just like Kansas City, Missouri. Now, every single one of us should be out there scrutinizing every single governor that's coming out. We should be out there scrutinizing Governor Cuomo in New York, who's constantly having live pressers every day for like two to three hours. It's like we're tired of looking at, you know, this nipple guy. I'm, I'm tired of it. Like you, you are a bad money manager. And just like President Trump said yesterday at town hall, I'm not going to bail you out because you suck it you know, handling the money. I'm not going to bail you out. File for bankruptcy, you clown. That's what they have to do. File for bankruptcy. We're not going to help you. So now we have all these governors running to see who's going to take the cake and lead. And what lead? Well, we have Oregon running their own track tracing. Kansas City, Missouri decided, well, we're going to do it this way. We're going to have 10, 10, 10. That means 10 people, 10 minutes, whatever the stupid plan was. But regardless, if you're going to go to the hairdresser, nail salon, uh, home goods, TJ Maxx, whatever it is that you go, when you get to the door, he's going to require that you provide identification. They're going to record that you went in there. And then if you stay more than 10 minutes or something, they're going to have to record it more or some other BS, whatever. And they say they're doing this because if later, uh, you know, say, you know, Joe, Joe, Joe Schmo, who was at TJ Maxx while you were checking out pantyhose, turns out to have, uh, you know, uh, COVID-19 supposedly, then they're going to get all those records that TJ Maxx is giving to the government with your information so they can knock on your door and say, you need to self-quarantine because you have COVID. That's not true. So COVID's not, a, it, it is real. It's virulent. It's influenza B on steroids. And it seems that every year the flu is just changing and changing and changing, right? Becoming even more virulent as we go along. So suddenly you're like, oh, well, I should do this so I could be safe. I'd totally love the health department to come and take me away and put me in quarantine like they did in China just to save people. This is what they're doing. So they're doing it the back doorway. Oh, you want access to this? Okay. Well, you have to give your ID so we know where you went. And here's where the mayor overstepped. And this is where we require that the U.S. attorney step in. He is forcing businesses to refuse to offer services to people that won't provide ID. So if you go to TJ Maxx and you're like, I don't want to give you my ID. This is a free country. Piss off. And you walk in and they're like, oh, okay, whatever. They could shut that TJ Maxx down because you went in there because they didn't abide by his order. Hold on completely unconstitutional. But that doesn't apply to Walmart and everything where everyone's touching everything, looking at ingredients and stuff. You know, you're looking on the back to see, oh, do I want to buy this? And putting it back, you could sneeze, put your snot on bottles and, and then you're touching it, right? checking it. But they don't need to apply it there because you know why they don't? Because you're going to use your debit card or whatever. They've got facial recognition in there already. So they've already got surveillance in those places. It's other places like hair salons and nail salons that don't have surveillance. You see where I'm going with this? Because no matter how free we think we are, they have been monitoring us forever in a day. And they have been 
putting all this, uh, these smoke and mirrors in front of us so we can't see it at all. Now, can you see past the smoke and mirrors now that Maria Baratomo said it? I know a lot of you have understood that Lindsey Graham's corrupt. He's always, uh, the, he's always, uh, but, but, but I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Sounds like a Democrat, right? How they're just like, I need to fix this. Or like Biden, we need to fix America. And it's like, you've been in office for like a hundred years, dude. Now you're going to fix stuff with one foot in the grave and not knowing your name, if you're going or coming, come on. Are we serious? Pelosi's like the crypt keeper, right? And she's still in office and she's done absolutely nothing. Feinstein has two murders on her back, rose up the ranks from, from mayor to, 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 to the Senate, ran the biggest sham on the intelligence community with Daniel J. Jones. I am the only one that told you guys Daniel Jones is to blame for all of this. Because he was the piggyback. He created the pathways so they can pay the people overseas and had to push the communications. Come on. Fusion GPS is part of Daniel J. Jones. Fusion GPS is part of GSG. GSG also has the United Kingdom attached to them. China, Japan, African nations, Cyprus, Ukraine, Germany. Oh, my gosh. You know, someone this morning, Gavin said to me when they say the red white and blue do they mean luxembourg for real though funny i should say that because i think everyone should take a look at luxembourg and what that country stands for just so you can see because i know a lot of us give a lot of crap to switzerland all this neutrality and numbered bank accounts and secrecy and men with little knives and you know everyone's armed there but they have like these little knives and they look like you know venetian soldiers i guess <laughs> say great chocolate though um, and creepy place as well. Uh, Switzerland is one of the most creepiest places I visited in my life. Um, been there many times. You know, I've been to CERN as well, twice. Um, I've been to really creepy places. But that's just like a, like when you get off the plane, it smells different. I don't know. It smells like you're in another universe sometimes. But anyway, I digress. The point of the matter is, it's all coming to light now. And this week, we should start seeing more. SCOTUS gate should be kicking off tomorrow, maybe the day after. We've got Kim Jong-un's funeral coming up. Uh, you know, nobody showed up. Just wait. Just wait. Okay. So we've got all this stuff coming up in May where flowers are supposed to bloom. So hopefully the seeds that we planted in 2016 when we elected this man will start to bloom now in May. Uh, because when the harvest comes uh, to reap all that we have sowed, um, and hopefully the flowers bloom with a great awakening from the people to be able to see through all this, through all these interactive internet activities. I mean, guys, you have no idea. They're playing you. People with blue check marks, not blue check marks, big followings, good guys, bad guys, even Q guys. You know, there's the good ones and the bad ones. They're all employed to nudge you to think a certain way. All of them. Every single one of them. Well, the ones that I know of, because there's a list. I even said it in my article. There's a list. There's a list of journalists, you know, journalists that would be very interested to know what I know about the Assange stuff. So interested. Because they're the reason Assange is where he is. Disgusting. And yet so many people follow them that supposedly support President Trump president has even retweeted some of these idiots but that's why can't let them know you know 
can't let them know you know. And they know that that's how he operates, which is even much more sweeter. So before we get into IIA, which I'm going to kind of introduce um, to you guys, uh, I'd appreciate if you actually just took the time to read the article where I've actually put things in there for you in a sequential way and very concise way to understand it. I want you to listen to Gowdy, who changed his hair color, by the way, which is really weird, and um, Jim Jordan react to the notes in regards to Michael Flynn. General Flynn. General Flynn's investigation. One of the very few generals that would never use weapons against the people. That general got put in a box because the other generals were pissed that he told us they were putting us in a box. Take a listen. Talking about newly revealed FBI notes this morning and joining me right now to talk about that is Congressman Jim Jordan and former Congressman Trey Gowdy. Congressman Jim Jordan, ranking member of the Judiciary Committee, Trey Gowdy, former prosecutor, House Oversight Committee, uh, formerly House Oversight Committee chairman and a Fox News contributor. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. We are looking at these notes written uh, about that interview with General Flynn. First off, let me get both of your takes on what was most stunning. Trey Gowdy, you looked at this, and, and of course, we had a, an additional dump of documents this past week. What struck you? Uh, that there was absolutely no evidence that Michael Flynn was an agent of a foreign power. The entire time they spent looking at him in, in, in December of 2016, they had nothing. So they're about to close the investigation without even interviewing him. Keep in mind, they had no interest in interviewing Michael Flynn. They're about to close the case. Then you get the call with Kislyak, and, and, and Peter Strzok seems more interested in setting up an American general than he is figuring out what the Russian generals were doing to this country. They send two agents over there without informing the White House, without informing the Department of Justice, and they wanted to set him up. That is not the FBI that this country needs. Yeah. Jim Jordan, your reaction to these notes from Mr. Mer Priestap, which basically tells us that it was a total setup. They were saying, look, yeah. uh, do we want to get him to lie? What do we want to get him to say? Congressman, think about what. Yeah, Maria, think about what happened in three weeks in January of 2017. On January 3rd, Chuck Schumer on the Rachel Maddow show says this in response to a statement that President-elect Trump had said, where he said we were being spied on. Schumer says, if you mess with the intel community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. The very next day, January 4th, Trey just talked about it. Peter Strzok overrules the agents who say Mike Flynn did nothing wrong, overrules them because Comey McCabe told him to. January 6th, the FBI and other people in the intel community in the Obama administration, go to Trump Tower and try to set up the president. Remember, this is where Jim Comey says after the meeting's done, I want to talk to the president. He tells the president about the dossier, the dossier they already knew was false. They knew it was Russian disinformation and they knew it was paid for by the Clinton campaign. They knew it. They knew it. They knew it. And this is why they did it. We have an army of digital soldiers wearing a QAnon conspiracy conspiracy QAnon in politics of people who showed up last night in these QAnon citizen journalists because the the journalists that we have in our media did a disservice to themselves they I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say he warned us he told us you know what he told us that they are doing what we had done to other nations to disarm them operation defeat 
disinfo led by General McChrystal, a general, a general that used to call Barack Hussein Obama limp-wristed, a general that was so cool, so cool. I met him twice, so cool. And that's why I did that whole episode on him. Dude, I like you. I like you, but what I just saw, I don't like. That's when he signed. So they literally went on the record to say that they manipulated the elections in Alabama. They also went on the record to say that they tampered and used internet interactive internet activities in Kentucky, right? Using, and I quote, Russian propaganda uh, in order to boost certain organizations. And I quote, Main Street One's leaders were previously involved in cultivating digital narratives in Eastern Europe to counter Russian propaganda. That's Ukraine. Are you listening to me? Ukraine. Ukraine. Listen, Ukraine, right? That's what they did. So we, uh, you know, you just, you know, what we did in the Ukraine is unacceptable anyway. And he said the organization ran a campaign that paid influencers to boost Kentucky Democrats before the gubernatorial election last fall. This is what they, these are what our generals are doing. And, uh, you know, General Jones and General Hayden have almost every journalist and blue check mark that's former military's cojones in their hand. And they're being paid. Look at who's been amplified real quick. Look, remember. Remember, be careful who you follow. And it's not just following, right? Because you can follow. It's who tells you to listen to them because they are who they are. What was that? What was that quote? Oh, yeah. He totally tweeted me because he looks at my stuff. Yeah, we're totally looking with a microscope. Because this is where the IIA is going to be exposed like nobody's business. I urge you to read that article on how the Pentagon-funded weapons are now being used against us. God bless all of you. I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, 12 to 2. Watch who you follow. God bless.